Recency bias. What is it? Recency bias is a cognitive bias that favors recent events over historic ones. Basically, you're letting a recent event potentially cloud your judgment or guide your thinking, and you're not taking in or absorbing the entire picture. Somebody's nice, 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 then they're mean to you, you think they're mean, because the last thing they did was be mean to you. You hear it a lot, but do you really know what it is, or do you know how to recognize it, take advantage of it, and not let it affect you and how you evaluate a player that may be coming off injury, and you're overly focused on that injury and allowing it to affect the value that might be staring at you in the face. I'm going to break down recency bias to put recency bias into perspective in your everyday life you go to a restaurant right you eat at this restaurant all the time you have had hundreds of meals that have been fantastic perfect the best but one day you show up you dig into your meal and you find a hairball you don't want to go back it doesn't matter how many amazing meals you've had you don't consider that it's one person that did this You don't even know what happened. You let that affect your evaluation of the entire restaurant. Are you being too hard on the situation and letting it affect things unfairly? That's what we're going to break down as it relates to fantasy football. McCaffrey, is Christian McCaffrey a risk walking into 2021? Or do you have recency bias for his lingering little tiny injuries that smell a lot like the injuries that Alvin Kamara dealt with heading into 2020, coming off of 2019? Lingering injuries that kept Kamara hampered all year in 2019. Mike Thomas, Julio Jones, what do we do? How do we know what's real, what's a decline, when to have a knee-jerk reaction? The, The honest truth is, There's no clear answer. You got to kind of like sift through everything and make the best logical decision at the time. With the case of Mike Thomas, we'll go over this in a second, but there's no clear indication that he'll be healthy in 2021. There's no clear indication he won't be. Recency bias has entered the chat. So when it's present, doubt and doubt is warranted. Doubt enters the equation not unfairly it's it's warranted we then look at things like adp we then weigh risk versus reward let's break all of that down and more the fantasy football show begins now this is the fantasy football show with your host smitty top five running back you're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Smitty! What do we do with Christian McCaffrey? You're at the 1.1. You're going to take him, right? Unless it's a 2QB league, you're probably taking McCaffrey. But what people don't realize is that people are taking him because they're afraid not to take him. What do you mean, Smitty? The injury risk is real. It is real. But people are more afraid to make a mistake and not take him than to to take on that risk. So why am I even bringing him up? A, I don't think you should be doubting McCaffrey. He had a lot of lingering injuries that kind of just took him out. He couldn't really get right. He does have a lot of wear and tear, but the injuries weren't significant, and I'm not worried about his 2021. And as I said in the intro, this smells a lot like Alvin Kamara coming out of an injury-riddled 2019 
nothing big or severe making people doubt his 2021 availability. People that doubted Camara were were extremely disappointed in themselves once 2020 kicked off because Camara was absolute fire all year. In the case of fantasy football, Lamar Jackson failed people at the beginning of the year for like half of a year. He finished on fire. You hear a lot of people talk about how Lamar is not a risk at all. I'm not saying he'll bust in 2021, but Lamar Jackson's being affected in a positive fashion, you could say, based on his ending of 2020. Jonathan Taylor failed at the beginning of the year for most people. Cam Akers wasn't used properly, and that Rams coaching staff proved that they don't know what they're doing with their running back situation and their running back room because Taylor finished really strong and Akers finished really strong. No one's really worried. Do they need to be? Maybe. You need to factor it in. Why did Taylor fail? Well, Taylor's was explainable because he's learning the offense, right? The team is giving him more and more work as the season moves along. He's playing better. He's learning pass protection. COVID definitely took the rookies out of the PPR game. You can say the same thing with Akers. The only thing that makes Akers more risky than Jonathan Taylor in terms of keeping the volume that they got at the end of the year is McVay. McVay, time and time again, has misled us in the running back usage or the intentions with the running back room. Recency bias is going to leave everybody tasting those big games, those big numbers, and oh my God, they know what they have. And the most common thing people tell me with Acres, and let me put Acres on the screen because I clearly sidetracked myself. The most common thing people tell me about Acres is Smitty McVeigh's going to feed him twenty touches a game. He knows what he has. McVeigh is going to use him. How do you know? The most recent thing you've seen is guiding you. Recency bias. Recency bias is a cognitive bias that favors recent events, acres getting a lot of volume over historic ones. McVeigh in the running back situation, trading up for Hendy, not using him. Going up even higher to get Akers, not using him. Lying about Todd Gurley. We forgot to use him in the Super Bowl. He said. Historic over time is that the Rams are hard to trust. Am I saying that Akers can't do it? Am I saying Akers will fail? No. But at 12, at 13, 14 overall, which is where I'm seeing Akers go on the regular now, there are just safer players right around that range from Ridley, DK, even Justin Jefferson, especially in Dynasty, but even in Redraft, Justin Jefferson safer than Cam Akers anywhere in the 12 to 15 range. Not predicting Akers to flat out bust and certainly not predicting him to fail because of talent. Historically, running backs tail off. They eventually, the the wheels fall off. McCaffrey's not ready for the wheels to fall off yet. Recency bias is painting a picture that McCaffrey is risky in 2021. And while he's sitting at 1.1 across the board, you may think, okay, I'm I'm gonna go elsewhere. And you're thinking I can't exploit or take advantage of any recency bias with McCaffrey. People love him, but do they? You actually may wanna poke around at that 1.1 owner if you haven't drafted yet because they're scared to take McCaffrey. They feel pressured to take him, but they're scared to take him. They'd rather get out of the situation 
and let somebody else take the risk. Same thing goes for trading. If somebody owns him already, even if they drafted yesterday, they felt pressured to take McCaffrey at one, but they're vulnerable. The recency bias from McCaffrey's injuries last year have him vulnerable, his owners vulnerable to giving him up for what they deem to be a safer option. I say take advantage where you can't poke around at the 1.1 if you haven't drafted yet or McCaffrey in existing leagues and try to buy him low. It's easier than you think. Use recency bias to take advantage of McCaffrey. As for Akers, I sell high. You own him in a dynasty league and you can get a top 12 to 14 wide receiver that can sustain for 10, 12, 14 years. I take it. If you can move Akers into a Clyde edwards alaire and in turn, because of that downgrade, move your 1.9 up to 1.4 or 1.3 and land Jamar Chase. Give me Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jamar Chase over Akers and whoever I'm getting at 1.9. Don't give Akers away. Don't avoid him at late second round value, but maneuver around that 12 overall value where you can, however you can. Don't let his strong finish make you feel like he's a guarantee at 12 or 13 overall value. You lose a league at 12 or 13 banking on this kind of situation. And if I'm wrong, I don't care. I don't lose a wink of sleep if I get this wrong. Why? Because I'm telling you to pass on Akers for a DK Metcalf or a Calvin Ridley or a Justin Jefferson. If I'm wrong and, and Akers works out, you can still clean up you can still have the best player or equal player in the deal. And you can say, Smitty, you sure were wrong about that. No, it wasn't. I made a calculated decision to go with a safer player. And the odds are still there that Akers can deliver. Look at it like a percentage game. If I think Akers has a 25% chance of living up to 12 overall expectation value, there's still a 25% chance. I'm telling you, he could maybe work out. But the odds are low, and even if I'm wrong, I'm still banking on a guy that has the same upside, if not more, with a whole lot less risk in DK or Ridley or Jefferson. So don't come at me and say, Smitty, you're going to be sorry. I'm not. Even if it works out for Acres owners, I'm not going to be sorry. It's a better call. It's a safer call. Acres belongs at the end of round two. I would agree with that. Even 3.1 or whatever, I, I more agree with that. But 12? No, not for me. Even though it could work out. The curious case of Mike Thomas, we don't know what we're dealing with with Mike Thomas. Let's be real. The guy should have had ligament surgery by now on the ankle, but has not, according to all reports we can find. Given that he didn't heal on his own well, why am I going to trust MT to heal on his own during the offseason versus surgery. I feel a lot more comfortable if MT got this taken care of, rehabbed and got back on the field than going back out there and trying to see if everything's going to be okay with some time off. We saw that happen. It didn't work out well. There's a lot of reason to be worried about MT. Is it recency bias? Yeah. Is it justifiable? Yeah, does it paint a picture as to what could potentially happen or go wrong? I believe it does. You have to learn how to read it, the recency bias, try and figure out if it's telling you a story. And I don't know for certain on any of these calls. MT could bounce back and have a monster year in 2021. And that's why I have a line in the sand, people. 
I'm not telling you not to draft MT. Draft him at the right place where there's a lot of upside. If you take him at a value where he has to deliver in order to to give you your value back, you over-invested on him. MT at 3.4, 3.2 could win you a league. If he plays really well and then does sit out some games, you could still get potentially some of your value back. If you draft MT at 2.2, 2.4, even 2.5, anywhere really in the second round, Given the other players that are just better and safer, you can lose your league with that kind of investment, if anything goes wrong at all. Recency bias is going to infect everything we do, everything we look at. There's no easy way to tell whether favoring the recent events is going to hurt us or help us. Recency bias doesn't mean that you're going to be wrong by having a bias, by letting recent events affect you. It's recognizing which recent events are telling the future, predicting the future. In Julio Jones's case, I believe they're predicting the future. I believe that Julio Jones is on the decline. The recent events of Julio's decline and getting hurt, I think, tell a story as to what's going to happen next. I don't believe that I'm letting the recent events cloud my judgment. Mike Thomas feels like, okay, recent events should worry you enough to wait long enough to draft MT in a safe place. The recent events with Julio, his recent play, his decline, have me worried enough to almost stay away. And in the case of McCaffrey, I'm not worried. I feel like recent events create an opportunity because I don't feel like there's a long-term impact to the problems we saw in 2020. It's a balance and you gotta find your own way. You gotta trust your gut. Use me as a guide when you're on the fence. Don't let me push you in a direction you're not even thinking about going. It's your team. Everybody has a gut instinct and you need to learn to follow it. But understanding bias and how to read it, how to know what's just noise and what might be telling, that's the key. And it's different for everybody. Learning your craft, learning your own gut, trusting it, recognizing the patterns in your decision making from the past will help you identify what recent events should be shaping your outcome, what recent events should be shaping how you feel about a player and how you project a player and which ones should be discarded. Get after it. Ask me questions in the comments. Don't forget to get on over to smitty1.com to get all my content all in one place. And start texting me on demand at heysmitty.com. On-demand text messages. Let's work on trade offers, bettering your teams, you name it. Heysmitty.com. And join me every Tuesday and Thursday, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. here right on the channel. I'm live for three straight hours every Tuesday and Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern. See you there. This is the Fantasy Football Show. With your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty.